Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. The following program contains topics particular to the LGBTQ plus community. Some discussions may contain mature themes. As such, listener discretion is advised. This is Pride Connection, sponsored by BlindLGBTPride.org, otherwise known as BPI, every Tuesday night at 10 p.m. on ACB Media One, and shortly after on all your major podcast catchers. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Pride Connection. This is a holiday season Pride Connection, and I'm your host, Anthony Corona. In just a few moments, you're going to hear a conversation that I participated in with Bold Blind Beauty. If you haven't checked them out based on some of our previous episodes, then please go check them out. They are great. And without further ado, I'd like to just wish everyone the happiest of happy holidays and a very great new year. We will be back the first week of January with another amazing Pride Connection. But until then, here's my conversation, Awakening the Senses. Hi, everyone. My name is Stephanie McCoy. I'm the founder of Bold Blind Beauty. Welcome to this evening's Awakening the Senses Under the Mistletoe. This is our third edition of Awakening the Senses. Teresa Gregg is our moderator for this evening. And we're going to quickly introduce ourselves, and then we'll get started. Teresa, would you like to go next? Um, why don't we have Nazreen introduce oh, herself, and then sure. I'll go, and then I'll do my little intro, and then we'll go to the panelist, if that's okay. Sure, that's fine. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Nazreen. I'm part of the Bold Blind Beauty team here. Thank you for all being here today for our Waking the Senses Under the Mistletoe. Um, thank you. Uh, my name is Teresa Gregg. I'm the moderator. I am a certified transformational life coach. I appreciate Bold Blind Beauty hosting and sponsoring these panel presentations. So I will do a little brief intro, kind of lay the groundwork for what we'll be talking about today, and then we'll introduce our panelists. And I will start with a question, and then we'll open it up to our Zoom audience to ask questions. So to get started, this is our third panel presentation. Our other two panel presentations talked about self-care Uh, being vulnerable and setting boundaries relating to our blindness and our intimate partners. How do we chase away those holiday blues and still get some action under the mistletoe? This is what we'll be talking about today. We'll be talking about how our limiting beliefs um, may impact being or relating to our blindness and the holidays. We are not licensed mental health practitioners, so we are just giving Um, some tips and tricks that have worked for us than just having an honest, open discussion. So according to the Mayo Clinic, whether you're blind or sighted, 14% of Americans have winter blues and seasonal affective disorder, 
according to psychology today, the lowest suicide rates, surprisingly, are between November and January. And suicide rates spike between April and August. 38% say stress increased during the holidays. 56% stated that it was more stressful at work than at home. 53% Uh, stated there was more stress relating to finances, even if they had a budget during the holiday times. According to NAMI, 64% of persons with a mental health disorder find the holiday times more challenging and stressful. Some of the easy at-home options you have available to you that may help combat these blues and holiday highs and lows. Um, One that's traditionally used are light boxes or light omitting headphones, and they use LED lights. The white lights tend to mimic the sun, which is most common used. The blue light helps with sun damage, acne, and depression. The red LED lights help with anti-aging, collagen tightening, wound healing, and color puncturing, which is similar to acupuncture. How to keep those holiday blues away? Obviously, uh, making sure you take care of yourself, having positive support, meditating, journaling, yoga, sharing your emotions with someone, learning how to say no, which I struggle with personally. Um, Go out and enjoy nature, surround yourself with nature, use all five of your senses, exercising, honor what you are grieving, give time and space for that, allow room for new traditions, volunteer and give to someone else in your community. So today, our questions are going to be related specifically to holiday highs and blues relating to blindness and intimate relationships. We will not be discussing the traditional adaptive shopping and cooking and transportation that we see a lot during this time relating to blindness and low vision. So why don't we go ahead and have our panelists introduce themselves, and then I will begin with a question, and then we'll open it up to our Zoom audience. So Thomas, would you like to go first and introduce yourself? I would love to. Hi, everyone. Um, My name is Thomas Poppy. I live in eastern part of Iowa. I'm in my late 40s, about 5'10". I'm a white Scottish descendant with a little bit of a Native American mixed in there. And I have blue rim glasses on right now with kind of a slightly tan shirt with brown stripes on it. And Thomas, are you totally blind or have low vision? I'm totally blind in my left eye and I have very low vision in my right eye. I have light sensitivity in my right eye, which I could see shadows. And sometimes, depending on a good day, I could see some but not all the time. Awesome. Thank you. Takesha, how about you go next? Awesome. Good evening, everyone. My name is Takesha Saffold, and I reside in the sunny South Florida. I am 39 and looking forward to my 40th birthday next year. I am Black American. I'm 5'3", with naturally coiled hair and the current twist out, and I'm wearing a black maxi dress 
So just for the audience description. And Takesha, are you totally blind or low vision? I have some light perception. I can see um, some shadows. And like Thomas stated, (laughs) on a good day, maybe, you know, something seems a little bit more clear. But I don't have enough eyesight to make things out. But I can see shadows and hand movements and things of that nature. Okay. Thanks for sharing. Is Anthony on? I am Anthony Corona, like the beard, not like the virus. I promise you that. I am also from sunny South Florida in the Miami area. I am an Italian-American man in his 40s. I'm not going to tell you where in the 40s, but um, everybody says I don't even look 40, so I'm okay with that. I am wearing a very bright electric blue um, Ralph Lauren polo shirt. My hair is spiky. It's black. I'm told I'm devastatingly gorgeous, and I choose to believe that even if it's not true. But I'm going to go with it, and it happens to be true. You've been asking everyone. I am, for all intents and purposes, blind. In the very, very, very dark, if there's light behind me, I can see a little bit in front of me as far as like doorways and things like that. But for all intents and purposes, I'm blind and I am very excited to be here tonight. Awesome. Thanks, Anthony. Thank you. Norma on? Um, Okay, let's go ahead with our first question. I'll have the panelists answer the question, um, and then we'll open it up to our audience and see how that flows go. So just out of curiosity, I would like to know that if you think your blindness affects you around the holiday times at all. So let's reverse the order. Let's start with Anthony. You go first. I've been blind for five years now, and um, this is the first Christmas tree I put up in those five years. Part of it is because I'm in a very happy, healthy, stable relationship. And I wanted to reclaim the holidays for both of us. But it definitely, it definitely affected me over the last couple of years, being at big family gatherings and and sitting there and hearing the oohs and the ahs and having to nudge someone and ask them, okay, what did, you know, little Andrew just open? And it, it was definitely something that took a lot for me to get used to. And you know, last year was the pandemic. We were all in spaces and places that were not normal and familiar to us. I didn't even think about Christmas, honestly, last year. But this year, we held a potluck Thanksgiving for some blind folks in our area that didn't have anywhere else to go. And then on Saturday, we held a tree trimming party for all of us to be together. I'm hoping that my Christmas tree is devastatingly gorgeous like I am. Um, but either way, just the fact that we did it is, is one step, you know, closer to becoming fully back to, you know, the life that I once knew. That is awesome, Anthony. Thanks for sharing that and being open about it. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's kind of the same thing with Anthony said when I lost my vision at first Christmas didn't really bother me until, you know, um, when I was writing with my family and, especially late at night and I could hear like the oohs and ahs. It's like, oh, Tom, you, you, you got to see this Christmas house. And they're like, oops, that's, we figure out you can't see, you know, that kind of hurt a little bit, you know, it's yeah. like, well, you can at least describe it to me. <laughs> and they're like, well, it's got this white light, blue lights and Rudolph, the red nosed reindeer and snowman in the front yard. And, you know, and, and I tried to image the days that I could see. And the other thing is, I know most towns, especially small towns, they have where certain sections of town where they have like 
Christmas lights for the avenue where you pay like five bucks for a car load and you drive through down like a cemetery or major avenue. We used to do that as a family tradition. I kind of miss doing that. Um, as for the Christmas tree, I used to put a Christmas tree up, but as a single person, I stopped doing that because it was only me. So it's like I didn't want to drag out the Christmas tree every year and it's like put up all the bulbs up and everything, which I had fun doing. Now, the fun part was after Christmas was taking the bulbs down because as a blind person, you know, you think where you might have put them. And then all of a sudden you're pulling the branches out of the stem of the tree. And all of a sudden you hear this crack, like an egg falling. <laughs> like, oh, no. It's like, well, I guess I'm cleaning that mess up. But yeah, that's about it. Nice. Thanks for sharing. Nazarene or Steph, do you want to comment on that question since I'm a couple panelists short? Sure. Uh, this is Steph. Um I'll comment. I still have a little residual sight in my left eye. In my my right eye, I only have a little bit of light perception. Um, And one of the things I noticed, particularly with the tree, because I used to love decorating. I've given that up, though. I I let my my son and my grandchildren do that. They actually did that on Saturday, and it was such a joy. But not being able to, um, you know, see the tree, it, it bothers me a little bit. I don't stress over it. I don't think as much as I used to in the early days of my sight loss. Um, mm-hmm. What helps for me is like taking a photo of it and then I can sort of blow it up a little to see a little bit more of the detail. But I notice it's kind of funny, but I notice with the colored lights, I see it seems like less of it than I did with just the clear white lights. But I think it could be because more of my sight has diminished as well. That sort of bothers me. It, it bothers me that I can't see the faces of my grandkids, you know, when they're mm-hmm. um, opening their, their presents and things. You know, unless I'm like up close, you know, almost on top of them, (laughs) Um, you know, and that's like a daily thing. Right. So I can't see my kids faces, you know, when they come in the house and stuff. So they have to announce who they are. Um, Mm -hmm. Those are some of the things that bother me. Yeah. Thanks for sharing stuff. I concur with all of those. Nazreen, would you like to comment at all or Takesha or Norma? Takesha, go (laughs) and then we'll do Nazreen. Well, over the years, I've been blind for 13 years now. So I want to say that over the years has certainly gotten better from when I first became blind. To be honest, I really sort of like shied away from wanting to be around people. And it was just the the discomfort of being blind. And um, I know some people may relate is that sometimes when you go over to relatives house, you know, they want to sit you here, they want to sit you there. And And those type of things that, you know, you sometimes feel like you're an item, you know, because some people have this fear of you moving around or when you do move around, it's like, where are you trying to go? Where are you trying to be? And so some of those things bother me, not so much now uh, because I'm much more confident and I um, have the ability to express what I can do and what I want to do and where I want to sit and all of those things than before. So over the years, 
things have gotten better in terms of me wanting to be around people rather than isolating myself. As far as decorating and, and things of that nature, um, I get into it to some degree, but you know, my daughter, she's 24, so I don't have small children. So it's different now than from when she was much younger. Um, so I don't really get into some of the decorating, but I, I do whatever that makes me feel good about the holidays in whatever way that's possible. Rather, if it's to buy nice scented candles, you know, different holiday scented candles or different things that I know that I can do. I know that there are some audio descriptive um, holiday movies and things have changed over the last few years that has made things more accessible for blind people to participate and partake, which has made a difference as well. Um, so now at this point for me, I, I don't feel bad about the holidays. I just do whatever it is that I like to do, whatever I enjoy to do, and I'm content and happy with that. Very nice, Takesha. Thank you. Um, Nazreen or Norma? For me, actually, like uh, Takesha, you know, many years ago, I, I was always had fun decorating the tree. I always loved doing the popcorn, writing the popcorn mm. and putting that around the yep. tree and eating half of it along the way. Yeah. I can't do that anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so when I decorate the tree, if I try, I know it's going to be uneven and um, always dropping ornaments, especially if they're glass. I'm a bit scared about that now. But um, before I used to love doing that and all my tree was centered and um, I have uh, RP. So my central vision is kind of gone. So that kind of takes away from some of that um, alignment and sort of centering of things and just sort of being more on, on target. And so, I mean, I can do it, but everything will be a little sloppy or lopsided. And so what I like to do now is to just hand the ornaments or, you know, pass the boxes or un you know, take things out of boxes and pass them along so somebody else can have a more symmetrical looking tree. <laughs> so that's mm-hmm. what I, I, I kind of do. Um, and then uh, when the lights go on, it's more or less after a while, I have to either they're the only lights on in the room on the tree and everything else is dark so that I, I have a lot of light still. So too much light does give me more of a blurred look, um, a blurred vision. And so then I try to have sort of darkness or I kind of have dim, dim light around it just to balance things out so that I'm not, I know where the tree is or where, where things are in the room. So I'm not sort of walking in or out of them. But to me, the lights, the color, the clear lights are a little bit more sharp and illuminating than the colorful lights, which seem to be a little bit more subdued. So I've noticed that change in my sight over the years, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for sharing, Nazreen. Okay, we are going to open it up to our Zoom audience to ask questions. So I'll have you raise your hand and my partner, Heath, who has cited, will call your name and you can ask the question and then he'll lower your hand. So on a laptop to raise or a computer to raise your hand uh, with JAWS and Zoom, I believe it's Alt-Y to raise and lower your hand. On your iPhone, I believe you hit the more button. Um, and then you have an option to raise and lower your hand. Teresa, so, can I ask Takesha a question? Absolutely. You, you're a lot further along in the, you know, in the blindness life than I am. Was there a moment that you came to, okay, I kind of don't care anymore that everyone's looking at me or everybody wants to seat me in this one spot so I don't break anything? Or, or was it a slow progression into where you are now? 
because I'm still in that space where I hate large gatherings because I feel like everybody's aware of they have to take care of me. And I hate Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. I would say that it was certainly a progression. I can't say if it was perhaps a slow progression or not, but Mm -hmm. I know that at the beginning of my journey of being blind, I was very self-conscious and very uncomfortable about certain things just because, you know, people seem to look at you differently um, Mm -hmm. and those type of things that I had to deal with. But over the years, as I've built my confidence and and I love myself despite my visual impairment or anything else. And and it just to me, it, it came with time. And I just realized to myself that it doesn't matter how others see me or what they think. And I have the ability now at this point to express how I feel uh, rather than, you know, sort of allowing it to happen. And it sort of reminds me of like that song by Katy Perry, Roar. Mm -hmm. And how, how you sort of like... Uh, don't have the ability to just tell people what you don't like. And so I, 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 I do things with pride. I do things. And now with so many options, if I'm uncomfortable, I can get an Uber and leave. I don't have to solely depend <laughs> on someone's transportation and some of those things where you feel like you're stuck and it's just this yes. awkward feeling. Um, you know, there's more that we can do now to be more independent and more free. And just letting people know that you have those options also makes a difference as well, because, you know, sometimes some people want to keep you in the box. But if you let people know that you're not in the box, you're out the box and that you're able to move around freely, you have, you know, cane skills, you have you know, your abilities, it just makes a difference. And I think over a period of time of me learning and identifying with those things, it really helped me to progress to that point. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. I know for me personally, as a blind person, and I had low vision when I was younger, and I'm totally blind now. um, It took me a while to be confident and have enough confidence and self-esteem in myself to say, hey, nope, I'm going to sit here or I'm just going to walk in the other room. I don't need your help. And balancing that with allowing someone to help me because I know it's making them feel good. So for me personally, it's a balance of standing up for myself, doing what I want to do, but also having a little piece of me give back to someone else who just wants to help me. Maybe they want to help me find the bathroom or they want to describe something to me and just allowing them to do it in that space of generosity and making them feel good. So for me, it, it, for me, it's a balance and I struggle with that a lot with, with what I do. It's definitely a balance. I definitely yeah. understand that. I don't mind you, especially in a large crowd. I'm, my mother is one of 11. My father's one of 12. So there's 76 cousins, et cetera, et cetera. If you want to help <laughs> me find the bathroom, that's fine. Yeah. But once you show me the door, I can find the sink. I can find the toilet bowl. I promise you, I will not pee all over your bright Christmas <laughs> rug. <laughs> yeah. 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 I guess, uh... Yeah, this is Thomas. I'm going to add to that. The thing I like to do when I go to family gatherings is sometimes I like to get there early if I can, and I try to get the layout of the land. You know, I ask permission if it's okay to walk around because either I'm at my uh, brother's or sister-in-law's, 
But if there's young kids around, I kind of make it a game, like follow the leader. It's like, hey, mm. let's play follow the leader. Can you show me where the kitchen is? Or can you show me where the bathroom is? You know, make nice. it a game. And That's then, cute. Yeah. Yeah. And then use it kind of your mental mapping, you know. Um, that way you don't feel awkward and the kids don't feel awkward because they're they're like, oh, this is kind of fun. Except when they're teenagers, they're like, get lost, man. You can find <laughs> your own way. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's that came yeah. for, dude? You right. find your own way to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You know, I have another question if if we're waiting That's for some right. hands. You know, I'm traveling to um Honduras, Central America, with my partner for Christmas for the first time ever. And <laughs> when you know, when you folks, like I said, I'm you know, I'm about four and a half years into into my blind journey. You know, when you when you folks go to new houses and and you're dealing with a complete, you know, my family, they're finally used to it. You know, they they don't they don't do the whole like, oh, my God, what do you need? And let me be, you know, let me make the plate for you. Let me make your yep. food for you. When you go to a new house, how do you kind of let people know that you're confident enough? You're you know, you're skilled enough and and, you know, you can get what you need. How do you set that tone? Um, this is Thomas. Um, when I was on that journey and. I remember my first Christmas with my side of the family and before I lost my vision, I always, you know, they always kind of had like a big buffet, you know, you kind of went through a line, there's your turkey, your ham, your mashed potatoes, blah, 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 blah. And when I lost my vision, they're like, here, we're going to fix your plate. And I'm like, it's like, Hey, you don't have to fix me a plate. Just point out, like, is that ham or peas? You know, be polite about it. And um, so that way you know where to scoop and stuff. And just be honest with them, you know, uh, because they're just trying to be helpful. And if you're polite, instead of coming across as like, well, you know, I can do it by myself. You know, I don't need any freaking help. You know, just like, hey, you know, if I need your help, I'll ask. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. hey. yeah. I'm always afraid of being that angry blind person because I one of the first things I encountered was, oh, my God, all blind people are so angry. Yes. Well, you know what? If you lost your sight midlife, you'd probably be angry, too. But you, I'm not. I'm cool. Yeah. Ask me anything yeah. you want to ask me. I'm good. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, um, Anthony, it's, it's definitely a, a balanced thing. It's going to be interesting going to another country, how that how that's going to work for you and, and feel for you as, as a blind person. Girl, I love my partner with all my heart and soul, but I am so nervous. I really now, am. <laughs> is, your par- is your partner sighted or is he blind also? No, he is. Um, he is RP retin- retinitis, mm-hmm. retinitis okay. pigmentosa. So mm-hmm. they're used to him as well, but the difference between him and me is they've always kind of catered to his blindness where oh. I, I'm extremely independent. So right. they're used to just kind of doing for him. And he's like, okay with it. And I'm like, no, I, I, I want to pour my own soda. <laughs> you know, I want to, I want to wipe my own face, but like, don't yeah. have mama wiping my face for me. I'm good. <laughs> I or, or grabbing your hand and guiding you to the table. Or, 
yes or, or, or to the bathroom or yeah or getting your plate you know your dirty plate and you're like wait a minute who took my plate i wasn't done eating yet you know yeah yeah um my my partner he suicided would like to interject a comment Hi, i'm not sure i really Sorry, wanted is- to <laughs> well, for me, going, uh, I'm, I've I've had my vision, or I still have my vision, obviously. But meeting Teresa and learning how to help or deal isn't the right word. Or for me, it's like learning how to understand what she has to do, so I can understand where family comes from or mm-hmm. somebody else that says, Hey, let me help do this. Or I want to do this for you or something. So I can understand right. the, the need for help, but also the need for independence. It's a really it's weird a- balance because he's, you know, from a Latin family. So they're very used uh-huh. to already doing for the guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the guys don't even they don't even bring their plates to the sink kind of thing whereas right. in my family you know when you're done eating you you, you make sure that plate gets in the sink and the scraps are in the garbage <laughs> yeah that's the way my family raised me yep yeah this is cheryl Manette. go ahead hi um i just wanted to add a lot of the things that people were saying as far as with the holidays Uh, My situation is I was sighted and I am now legally blind. So with that, you know, raising children, the holidays were a big deal. But what I miss the most with the holidays is being out and about, Mm -hmm. taking the night to see the lit houses, the lit streets, you know, certain streets that you go to. And all of that, and just being out, like when people would go to the malls and they're very festive mm. and decorative. And when you go to different places, mm. that I'm not able to enjoy as much, even though I like just the energy when you're out mm-hmm. and feeling the air, which you don't feel any other time of the year. Yeah. But um, the visuals. I do miss the visuals, seeing the lights, seeing the decorations, seeing people's faces and reactions to things, especially children. Yes. Uh, as, as they are experiencing, especially the very young children, as they are experiencing things for the first time, you know, and you can tell their minds, they're just trying to understand what's going on and take it all in. And then all of a sudden you see that spark of joy on their face. Things like that. But as far as the visual journey, uh, one of the gentlemen was asking, I believe, Takesha about, because I, too, have been on this journey for quite some time. It is about building your confidence, regaining your independence as as much as you can or as much as you choose to. Um, but also being getting to the point, because it is a shift. It is a a mental shift, getting to the point where you're able to feel confident with who you are, with your new visual identity, and being able to embrace yourself and realizing you're the same person today that you were yesterday. You just have something different, and that's your different ability, you know? You know what's hard about all that? My niece um, gave birth 
<laughs> yesterday, 6.55 a.m., Mia yeah. Maria Corona came into this world. And, um, you know, there's all kinds of pictures on Facebook of my sister. That my I'm in Florida. My sister's in Virginia. My niece is in New York. So my sister got on the road immediately. Water broke. Bing, bang, boom. She had the go bag ready to go. And she was in New York in, in six and, and a quarter hours. So there are all kinds of pictures on Facebook of my niece and my, and my sister holding my great niece. And, you know, I thankfully, thankfully, I'm crossing myself as I say this. I still had sight when my first great nephew was born, Andrew. But I'll never see Mia's face. I'll never see the expressions. I'll never see that look of love when my sister is staring down when she's holding yeah. her first granddaughter in her arms. And, and I'm also LGBTQ. So, you know, I, as far as I'm, I know as right now, I probably will never have grandchildren. So my nieces and nephews are, by extension, you know, my children. And, you know, there's all these pictures on Facebook. And my sister's really good at putting all text to the pictures. So I get an idea of what the picture actually looks like, but I'm never going to see the expression of love on my sister's face looking down at her first granddaughter or that beautiful baby face looking up at her grandmother. And I got to say, today was a really hard, hard day because I'll never... Andrew, I remember what he looked like when he was a baby because I I held him in my arms and I could still see Mm -hmm. him, but I'll never know truly what Mia looks like. Yeah. And that's hard because there's really no, I mean, we can get in touch with our emotions and feelings, but there's really no modality that can compensate like that for something you'll never be able to see. And that's, that's hard, Anthony. I I get that with my grandkids too. Yeah. I'll never see their little faces and expressions. Yeah. I remember, you know, when I was about 10, my sister was about seven and she got the cricket doll, which was like sort of a Teddy Ruxpin kind of thing. You put a tape in the back and she would tell you stories and sing songs, et cetera. It was like the, it was like you gave my sister a million dollars, you know, as a kid, it was the best gift she could have ever possibly have gotten her best friend cricket. And I can remember what her face looks like. But for the rest of my life, when these kids open their Christmas presents, I have to rely on someone telling me and and hopefully that I can imagine in my head what that looks like. It it is definitely something that you have to kind of talk yourself into. Okay, you know what? This is what life is now. It's not as great as it was when you had sight, but you're still here. You still get to experience it. You could have got hit by a bus and been gone off this earth, period. So, you know, I, I try to always tell myself it can always be so much worse. I still get to feel them. I still get to put my arms around them. And in a month or two, I'll go up to New York and I'll get to hold baby Mia. But it's part of me always says, no, it's not the same. When she looks up at you, you won't know. You're never going to know until yeah. someone tells you she's looking up at you and, and smiling or, you know. And that's a loss and that's, that's a grieving process. So giving yourself the time and space to, to grieve and go through that emotion is, is important. Yeah. I really like what Takesha said earlier about as a blind or low vision person now is surrounding yourself with 
things that your other senses are going to pick up on. So the scented candles or yes. textures mm-hmm. of different themes or music, making that space enjoyable for you again, I believe is, is so important because it's giving you some peace and some enjoyment and some of that holy holiday spirit that you might not have thought about when you were sighted, but now you're adapting your environment to make it um, enjoyable Oh my God, Teresa. You are so correct because I am a live Christmas tree kind of person. I have never had a fake tree until this year. And Mm -hmm. my partner, you know, sat me, we sat down and he said, listen, we have two dogs in this house. We have two guide dogs. You know, we can't see. It is, it's too much of a risk for us to have a live tree. We're going to be gone. What are we going to do? Take the tree down before we go, et cetera, et cetera. We have to do a fake tree this year. It's just the way it is, but mm-hmm. I'll order candles and we'll get the Bath and Body Works. Oh, God bless Bath and Body Works, by the way, because their <laughs> Christmas, their Christmas candle is so on point. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, but it's not Christmas without a live tree. I, I've had a Douglas fir for, for, for almost 44 years. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you want to know what you, you get that candle going, you put Mariah Carey, all I want for Christmas and Brenda Lee rocking around the Christmas tree and you kind of forget it's not I know it's not a real tree in my rational mind, but with the candle going and the music going, it, it is okay. It is yeah. okay to make that little difference. You yeah. said that ambiance. And by the way, Anthony, we now know about how old you are. You didn't say that earlier, but you just kind of out there. I am yeah. Anthony and I'm a 44 year old. Italian GQ guy. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, we'll go with Thomas and then Cheryl had a question. So Thomas, go ahead and then yeah, we'll go Cheryl. this is to our wonderful guest, Cheryl. Um, she is correct. In the beginning, it is really kind of hard. Um, but the mental change slowly kind of verts over. I mean, I used to love to see, you know, faces as young people young kids or nieces and nephews open their presence and see their expression, their wide open eyes. But now I kind of listen, my hearing is more acute and I can hear them giggle and kind of laugh. And (laughs) you can hear the ooze. It's like, Ooh, wow. You know, and you like, you can feel that vibe coming from as much as I miss their expression on their face. I accepted the sounds and going out in the crowds, you know, when they have Santa Claus at the malls, I can hear the kids, you know, all excited or the ones who are scared of Santa Claus, like, you know, like, no, no, you know, you know, and the mothers and fathers trying to calm them down. And yeah, it, it just changing your perspective a little bit. That's all. Yeah. Nice, Thomas. Okay. Cheryl. Yes, and and Thomas, that was good what you said. Part of that mental shift now you're you're having the same experience in that moment, but you're experiencing it differently. You're learning to experience it differently with right. your hearing. So you're like turning up the volume on a different sense, and and yep. that's that's what it's about. But what I wanted to say, Teresa, back to what you were saying with the other senses. Mm-hmm. There are 
things that I do, like with the candles for my sense of smell and certain songs um, for the hearing, but also with the sense of touch because I like to touch things. So mm-hmm. <laughs> for me, I live in, I live on the East Coast, so I go through the four seasons because I live in the Northeast. So mm-hmm. with that being said, being that it's going into winter and we're in, you know, the deep fall of the season, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it is chilly. Um, this time of year, I have like a fuzzy blanket, you know, I want to feel soft fuzziness. Oh, yeah. It's, that that yeah. makes me happy. I'm not just grabbing any blanket. I want the one that's fuzzy now for this time of year. Yeah, the, totally with you. The winter, yeah. I might light throw on the back of the couch, but I'm not going to have that fuzzy one, you know. And then I have mm-hmm. certain uh, pillows. Um, I have a couple of pillows, like velvet on one side and uh, fluffy, fuzzy on the other side. But when it's 90 degrees out, that's not the pillow I want to snuggle up with. So, you know, the sense of touch um, is important when you think about different things in the home. Yeah, absolutely. This is, is Takesha. I would like to add to that in amongst everything else, if that's okay. Absolutely. So I was thinking about in terms of touching and things that can be done without sight, that even if you may not know how to do it, something fun to perhaps practice to do is wrapping gifts and in my mind um I said you know what I can definitely um, wrap a gift especially if it's you know boxed or you know depending but it's something that you can do without sight and it's interesting um just trying and attempting at doing it and you know and accomplishing doing it once you're done it will feel good to to know you were able to do something like that without sight. But um, as everyone else was talking, I thought of other suggestions that, you know, that utilizes our other senses and touch in, in terms of feel and taste and all of those things. But, you know, it's always nice to have your, your, your nice pajamas and slippers and socks and all of those yeah. things like when um I, I'm sorry, I, I can't recall your name who spoke before me about the, the blanket. Um, yes. Some of those things are nice to do this time of the year and nice fuzzy robes. And I just have to mention if, if you're a wine drinker. Cooper's Hawk. <laughs> yes. Yes, Miss Cooper's Hawk. Yes. <laughs> Has this um, winter wine I think it's like winter red or winter white and actually you can heat it up very little and it's just something nice to sip on or you know hot chocolate or various teas so I just wanted to throw in just things that while you're watching a movie or while you're just listening to the music or whatever you're doing you can associate some of these other things with your cute pajamas and socks and just whatever all of those little things you can do, your candles to just feel good during this time of the year. So, mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, like I said, uh, wrapping gifts. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Takesha, we, 
I mean, we've all talked about setting our environment up for success as a blind person, but we don't talk about emotionally how we set our environment for success. So having those fuzzy blankets or scented candles or things like that, it's helping us emotionally at at the same time. Yes, it does. Yeah, I think it's it, I think it's really important to know what your comfort zone is, and it's okay to have a quote unquote crutch, something that makes you that calms you, that makes you feel okay. Especially you know in a family like mine with you know seventy six cousins, twelve aunts on one side, eleven aunts on the other side. You oh know, it, it is definitely something to have that you know for me personally, it's my guide dog. He's the one that grounds me and, you know, and makes me and gives me that. I just reach down and he's there and I'm like, okay, you know, I'm going to have to find the bathroom and I know they're going to grab my elbow and I know they're well-meaning. So I let them grab my elbow. When I get to the door, I'm like, it's okay. I, 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 I've got experience here. I can find the toilet bowl. I'm good. You know, mm-hmm. why don't you hold Bodie? That's my gut dog. Why don't you hold his leash while I do what I got to do in here? I promise I'll wash my hands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but it, you're absolutely right. It's, it's setting a comfort zone for yourself. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to um, throw this into the loop. You know, this is the time of the year where, you know, um, you're giving, you're receiving all of those things. But if you feel the need to want to give, there's always um, toy drives, you know, to just give like a little item or like a little wish list, like an angel tree or something. Just to, you know, give to someone who may be in need um, is always rewarding or self-rewarding to do as well, if you have the ability to do so. Yeah, absolutely, Takesha, because sometimes... Being a blind person or low vision person, sometimes you might feel a little isolated. So giving back to the community or holiday drive or something can can really turn it around for you. We have about 10 minutes left, give or take. So I wanted to bring our conversation back around to the sexual sexuality and sensuality piece of it. So do you think as a blind person, and maybe compared it to when you were sighted, as a blind person, do you think you get more action under the mistletoe because of your blindness and your sense of touch? All right. I would say yes. Okay, girl. I would say, I think it's, 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 I mean, it's all the same when you close your eyes. I mean, rather than your sight. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody blind told me in the very beginning of my journey, because I said, you know, how, how am I going to get my mojo? How am I going to get my, my sexuality? And somebody mm-hmm. said to me, point blank, everything's better in the dark. And I said, oh, yeah, okay. That's easy for you to say. You still got eyes. But the honest truth is, when, you, when the lights go down, ain't nobody see nothing. It's all good. Yeah. It's all good. I have two adult children, and I was surprised the main question my my kids got asked, especially in middle school and high school, was because I was blind and their dad was blind. They The question they got asked the most was, how do your parents have sex? 
And both of my kids said, well, most of the time you do it in the dark anyway, so it really doesn't matter. But yeah. I was surprised. That was that was the number one question they were asked. The number one question I'm asked is, how do you know that you're really attracted to someone? And my answer is, well, you know what? I don't know what they look like anymore, but I know what they feel like. I know mm-hmm. what they sound like. And I know what their heart is telling me. And that's so much more powerful than when I could see a body, when I could look at a set of, mm, hello. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But now I know what they, I know what their heart is telling me because that visual is taken away. And, and it's not a gift. I'm not going to pretend like it is. It is very much easier to get to the heart of the matter, not having the visual distractions. You get to know on a deeper level. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, definitely. Girl, I have a running everything joke. is better in the dark. That's all yeah, I'm yeah. going to say. <laughs> this, is, this is Steph. Um, I was on a call today with a group of people and someone said they used a term they they see with their heart now and I really like that because I I think it's so true you know just because we don't have sight doesn't mean we don't have vision and we can actually see a lot clearer I think that I I know I do I can't speak for everybody but Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. feel like I see a lot clearer now um, that I don't have physical sight than I did when I could see. <laughs> right. Yep. Well, and believe it or not, if you are heart-centered and you are coming from your heart, that's your heart chakra, the color is green. If that is full and it's activated and you're feeling it, when you walk down the street, your heart has 5,000 times more energy in this energetic wave put out than your brain. So if you're coming from your heart center, you can actually walk down the street and change someone else's attitude and energy level because you're putting that out there. That's, that's pretty powerful. Agreed. You know, from somebody, my mom passed away the first week of September from lung cancer, unfortunately. Oh. And, you know, from somebody... I look at these studies and I, and I read them and, and I pay attention to all the demographics. There's 77% of the population would rather have breast or prostate cancer than go blind. Yes. And yeah. My response to that is I'm alive. I'm here. I get to hug my grandniece that was just born yesterday at 6.55 a.m. I get to experience my nephew. My great nephew opening up Christmas presents. You know what? With prostate or breast cancer or any other cancer, most likely I wouldn't be here to experience those things. There's an inner strength inside all of us that gets activated. If we are willing to tap into that and say, we want to live, we want to have life, we want to have these experiences, even if they aren't, I can't see the face. Absolutely. And it, it, it bothers me and it makes me hurt inside. I'll never see Mia's actual face, but I'll hold her. She'll giggle in my arms and that'll mean everything to me. So oh, absolutely. Prostate you- cancer, breast cancer versus blindness. I'll take blindness any day and I have conquered it to everything that matters. 
I'm still living. I found the love of my life. We have a family, including our two guide dogs. It's not as bad as you think it is. You'll find that strength inside yourself to make it through the day. Every day. And you'll find that strength to make it through the holidays. It might not be the holidays that you're used to, but you'll find a way to make it just as meaningful. Yeah, you make it your own. Your um, I think it's not oh, as ahead. bad as you think it is. And you know what? When you meet your niece, Nia, you can still you can still touch her face and you can map it out and you can feel yeah. how, you can feel her little nose and the you know her slight little eyebrows and all of that. You can feel it and map it out and draw your picture of her. Oh, girl, all I want is for her to grab my finger the way that the babies do. Yes. And, um, she right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I can tell you as a blind person in a relationship, and it's probably a heightened a little more around the holidays because it's, it's a little edgier time, a little more chaos and noise and excitement. Mm-hmm. Um, being uh, in a relationship with a sighted person, I know I struggle with the most is the tone of voice. And we have countless discussions or arguments or one-sided conversations about, well, I need you to talk to me because I can't see your face. And so much relies on someone's tone of voice that sometimes we take it the wrong way. Just like texting, you can't tell someone's tone by texting anymore either. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So he, Heath and I, and, and there's other blind people I've talked to that have a, a similar issue that t- tone of voice is important especially when you can't you can't see someone i have slight disagreements all the time with my partner because i'm still learning to not listen to what the words are but to understand the tone underneath because i can't yep. see the facial expressions and sometimes and i do this all the time we react to something and it's not what's coming from our hearts, but if we turn, if we decide to tune out those first impressions and say, okay, where is this really coming from? What mm-hmm. is this really? What is he really saying? I, I get to put aside my own personal biases. Actually, let me rephrase that. I choose to put aside my own personal biases and try to understand what is it he's saying underneath the words that are actually coming out of his mouth? Because I don't have any of those other clues and cues. So mm-hmm. when, I, when I force myself to do that, 90% of the time, I'm in a space where I say to myself, okay, you're reacting on an, ish, on an initial reaction rather than what's really being said by the words, but more importantly, by what's under the words. And even though we can't see the facial expressions, we can't see the body stance, you really can get it. When you know someone, when you choose to know someone that way, you really do actually get to get it. If you're open enough to really feel it. Very, very true, Anthony. And that is awesome self-awareness on your part. So taking a pause and not being so reactive on the words that are said, that's, that that takes a lot of practice. So kudos to you. Oh, um, girl, you have no idea how long it took for me to get to that place, but I am so I am so thankful 
to the higher power, God, Buddha, whatever, whatever higher power you mm-hmm. choose. I'm so thankful to that higher power that it gave me that knowledge to know it's not all about me. It's about listening. It's about understanding. And it's about opening up myself to knowing what the greater world is trying to give me as an experience. That is an awesome note to end on. So we are out of time. So I would (laughs) love to thank all of you for participating, to take the time to open up and have an honest discussion. I thank Bold Blind Beauty for sponsoring it. I thank all of our Zoom audience guests. I hope you all have a blessed holiday and we will continue these conversations next year. Absolutely. Merry, 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 happy, 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 whatever holiday you celebrate. God bless and make the most of it. You've been listening to Pride Connection, sponsored by Blind Pride International, a special interest affiliate of the American Council of the Blind. Please check us out at blindlgbtpride.org. Sorry.